0: So often, like, success is gauged by eyes that we've managed to get on a thing, right? Like, how many people saw this? How many views did you get? How many followers do I have? And literally none of those things are long-lasting. Like, history will not remember that. That doesn't have an impact on society unless you do something with it. Give the audience somewhere to put the attention that they're giving you.
1: Alrighty, guys. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the to Podcast, guys. It has been a hot second since I have recorded one of these, um, so just bear with me. I am excited to be back, but it feels like I'm starting all over. Um, but gosh, okay. So yeah, if you guys have listened to the podcast before, welcome back. Um, if you are new, you may not know, but I took a little break. Um, I have done an entire episode on that. Uh, What has happened in my life? There's been a lot. Um, But anyway, I am very excited to share with you today an interview with Alex Harris. He is, if you do not already follow him an incredible creator. He lives on the road. Uh, I think he was on the road full-time when we spoke. I think he's in and out. um, As you'll hear in the episode we discussed, he has a a base where he explores from now. Um, But yeah, his message is, and I quote him, is that, He uses adventure as a hook to discuss environmental topics on social media, encouraging people to appreciate nature so that we can take action to protect it together, no matter how insurmountable the odds. Guys, I originally came across him on TikTok and you've probably seen him as well. He has some really funny stitches that he does with just seemingly almost Irrelevant videos, and he turns them into these incredible hooks to talk about these incredible topics. Uh, His specific is environmentalism, and I mean, the overarching message of this entire episode obviously has a big part to do with environmentalism, but as a whole, it's just this idea. What I wanted to talk about with him is this concept of we all have these platforms. We are all sharing so many people who live on the road full-time, part-time. We're all creatives. We all want to share our story. We want to connect with one another through these platforms. And the same thing just kept coming up for me was how do I share in a way that is meaningful? How do I share in a way that creates impact? And so, yeah, anyway, I I just thought it was a really important conversation. He's a really cool human. Um, Yeah, I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Hello and welcome. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I am good. I mean, as we were kind of chatting before, it's been a stressful couple of months or a month and a bit. So we're just now in X Mouth, unwinding. We went snorkeling yesterday. So that's good. I can't complain. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been, I feel like it's been a rough couple of months for a bunch of band lifers. So I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. And um, for context, if we do use the visual, um, you're currently not in your car?
0: I am not. I am in uh missoula montana visiting a friend of mine uh the last time i did a podcast from the car the internet was like super wonky and i had to drive all over the place trying to get it so it's just easier to post up somewhere with like reliable internet now
1: and see alex did the smart thing because now i am the one who he's having to do with (laughs) my poor internet so uh if there's a lag guys bear with us (laughs) Alrighty, cool, Alex. It's well, a good take. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you kind of know how these episodes roll. I kind of start with a bit of a quick fire so everyone can get to know you a bit better, and then we'll dive into the episode.
0: Sounds great. Let's awesome.
1: Do it. Cool. Where are you from?
0: I'm from the suburbs outside Chicago, Illinois. Very cool. I'm where are you now? I know we just covered that. <laughs> yeah, no you're good. In Missoula, Montana. Yeah. Love it.
1: <laughs> what is your first travel memory?
0: Ooh, first travel memory? Hmm. The first ever travel memory? I don't know. I think it's it's probably... I went to Texas um, to visit my uh, cousins and uncle and aunt for um, Christmas when I was like seven. Um, that's probably my first memory. We're just like hanging out there around Christmas time.
1: Awesome. I mean, this may be a given, but beach or mountains?
0: Hands down. Mountains, yeah. (laughs) Although I I do like the beach a lot. I've come to like it over the course of this year because I Mm hadn't really spent time on beaches before road life, but mountains still take the cake in my book. Mm -hmm. Love it.
1: Top bucket list destination right now?
0: Ooh. Honestly, I kind of want to go (laughs) to Canada. (laughs) I've been near the border of Canada so many times for so long. And I've never actually gone over it into Canada. I think it's gonna be a hot second before that actually happens. I'm not like stepping on the gas to get there or anything with the whole state of the world, but Mm. um, it'd be cool to eventually go to Canada, especially the like far reaches that most people don't really go to that or Alaska. I would love to go to Alaska.
1: Like the Yukon?
0: Yeah, that'd be amazing. Like the parts of Canada that people don't actually go to I think would be cool to explore.
1: Mm. Yeah, I never got a chance to go there when I was there. I mean, I was there for four years, but I just stayed in BC because there's so much to see even just in BC. But yeah, it's on the list.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful place to spend time. Oh, <laughs> I think you went so- out regardless.
1: It's terrible. <laughs> uh, is there a book you're reading that you are loving?
0: Yeah, I actually just finished um, Dune by Frank Herbert. Have you heard of it? No. It's a. Uh, it's like the grandfather of science fiction books i'm like a huge science fiction nerd and dune is interesting because it actually like has a lot of environmental themes in it it's like it's one of those books where like you don't even get any explanation it just starts using fictional terms that you need a glossary to understand um that like they don't really like set up like what's going on they're just like this is it learn what's happening so it's kind of hard to start but um it's really really good and it explores like Negotiation and like environmental theory and just like social, like ins and outs of different cultures through like science fiction. So it's cool. Big hmm. fan. Would recommend.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna look this like up. It's also like
0: 700 pages long. Yeah, so it's like okay. kind of a hefty, hefty guy.
1: Would you recommend <laughs> it on Audible or it's definitely a sit down and read?
0: I mean, I, th- I guess it's like a personal preference thing. Um, I'm a sit down and read kind of guy, but I don't see why it wouldn't be good on Audible.
1: Cool. Good to know. And then final one. Do you have like a yeah. top like wellness practice or a hack, something that you do on the road just that helps you consistently stay feeling good?
0: Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before hopping on. Um, it's definitely journaling. Yeah, it's 100% journaling the specific way that, i journal which is i want to give my journal to like my kids one day because i kind of want to preserve the adventure and also inspire them to chase their own um and and there's been like some chaotic experiences on the road so i'm definitely going to wait till they're like 18 or 21 or something to give it to them but um writing it highlighting the positive moments and not like processing that negative energy um that i feel like momentarily but never long term with like you know day to day negative moments not processing those in the journal and instead like writing it to be read as a story that highlights either the big positives or the really important learning moments that are like good takeaways has made it so so much more enjoyable and like not sweating the small stuff um and makes it like when i am having a hard time now i like realize like man like this decision to like go on the road like it was i'm glad i made it but it's it's tough right now when i look at that journal and like double back on like the learnings and like having highlighted only the positive things it's like oh no this is this is good this is a good life it's a good reason to like keep going Mm. um with this whole adventure and so it's super cathartic to write and read it later
1: Hmm. i love that and i've got to ask on the flip side how do you process the negative scenarios? Cuz they definitely show up.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I've learned more about that this year than I have in my entire life about mm-hmm. like actually properly processing them. Um w- something that I've always done is play music. I have a guitar with me and just like expressing that by playing a song that like like if I'm feeling kind of bothered, then I'll like play an intense, like a faster paced, like minor key song and just like kind of get that out through that. Or like, if I'm feeling sad, I'll play like this lament on the guitar. (laughs) Um, But so that's that's definitely helpful. And then um, I've really, really come to grow close with some special people um, and talking things out with them has been really good. And being able to honestly reflect um, on how I'm feeling has been really good. Um, So I've gotten more honest with my emotions, and that's been really, really positive to be able to, instead of, like, harboring negativity, um, either let it go, or if it's a situation with a person that I really care about and want to, like, fix the relationship, then I'll, like, express it to them in, you know, a respectful way. Um, And that helps with that a lot. And then the last thing, honestly, I like throwing rocks and stuff. So good. like, like. yeah, you go out, you do like either target practice and like have like a rock or like a stick or something. And you're like, I'm just going to try to hit that for a while. Um, Or like skipping rocks, just sending something like flying is is great. Never reactionary, right? Not We're not talking like I get angry. I like throw a lamp across the room. <laughs> like, it's not that. It's no, just like, yes. oh, it seems like I got a lot of, yeah, frustration. I'm going to go like try to do a simple task for a while.
1: It's so funny because that's very like, um, I mean, evolutionarily, like we have that energy like pent up and it needs to be used. And we just, I don't know. And now we're like with our, I don't know, prefrontal cortex, we're just like, no, we can just muscle through it. It's like, no, actually, we just need to release the energy. So I think yeah. it's really cool that you do that. I love that. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, I'm going to start worthwhile. throwing rocks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Throw rocks. It's great. That's Hiking is awesome. also a good one. Um, I find my like, going on a hard hike when you're like in a bad headspace is like mm. actually kind of great because you you realize that you've just been like whole harboring all this especially if it's in like you know you're in your vehicle or at camp and you can get honestly pretty stationary um totally even if you're on the road I'm, I'm sure you know um so like forcing yourself to get out and like climb a mountain <laughs> it's like takes a lot of effort by the end of it you're like ah yeah things are okay.
1: <laughs> Have you ever read um, Sarah Wilson's book, um, This One Wild and Precious Life?
0: No, but I'm going to now.
1: You would. What's put, it about? She basically ties um, walking as a big part of it, but basically she's talking about like the environment and how we can like reconnect with our own wild in, in order to re, like to care about our earth. And so that we'll fight for it, basically.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. It's so worthwhile.
1: hmm So good. Cool. Well, I always like to take people back. Before you were on the road, what did life look like before you started this trip a year ago?
0: <laughs> I love. I think that question gets like more and more interesting as like more people start road life now um, because of everything going on. I had like. For me, I so I basically dedicated my entire life to like climate communication, like conservation communication. I knew I wanted to do that out of high school, but didn't realize like how I wanted to do it. And so I've spent like basically the seven years since like um getting an academic understanding of it by going to school for environmental studies, picking up as many conservation jobs as I could, like working at bear sanctuaries and I worked at a museum and I built trails in Utah. And so it was like one of those lifestyles, is like very like seasonal gig to seasonal gig, like learn a bunch of stuff about a bunch of different fields that are like kind of connected by this main idea. Mm. And the whole time I was doing photography and practicing writing and sharing it on Instagram um, because I was passionate about it. And, you know, the dream at the time was like Nat Geo photographer, as it is for so many people that like get into this space. Um, And that's uh, evolved a lot over those years. But The one sector that I didn't really get into that was conservation related was nonprofit. Mm. Um, And so at the start of 2020, I moved out to Colorado to get involved, tried to get a job with a nonprofit that was doing environmental work. And I posted up with a friend there. I picked up a part-time job uh, at a little shop downtown, um, applied to a bunch of full-time jobs got some interviews lined up was like moving through the process and then literally like two weeks into all of that lockdown happened I got let go everyone at the company I worked for got let go the um, all no one was hiring anymore and so it was like oh gosh like well this is a bummer um, but I still want to continue like doing climate work somehow I don't really know how um, but I want to and so as a Hail Mary pass for, like, some kind of income, I started a Patreon, um, and my Instagram was, like, relatively small at the time, um, comparing, I mean, it's still, it's, like, nothing major now, but, um, was, like, not the thing, not something I expected to be able to sustain me when I launched a Patreon, um, and explain, like, hey, I kind of want to go on the road, it's something that I wanted to, like, save up for and eventually do, but, now it just actually makes economic sense and would also allow me to go to these places that I want to tell you guys about and like shoot them full time instead mm-hmm. of having to like go in and out of the city constantly. Um, and as that brought in enough to cover car payments, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took the unemployment that I received and used that all of it, hundred percent of it as a down payment on this car, huh. um, the Subi spaceship smitty um and then used so that the monthly payments could get down as much as possible um and then have just kind of built it out after that and road life has has always been um a personal dream and a personal test of character but also a hook to get people interested in what i have to say um because you know (laughs) professional accolades don't really matter much like a degree in environmental no one cares about that like no one cares about like jobs you've held like in the general public it's like oh road life that's cool adventure yeah. <laughs> that's cool like yeah I'm like and so that it's weird cuz that's given me more credibility to the general public than my actual you know credibility <laughs> um so yeah it's been it's been fun adventure has become like a thing that i've always loved but also a hook to discuss these important climate topics Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of really taken off, but that's what I was doing before working at a shop in Colorado, uh, trying to get, get more into this space and it, it wound up really working.
1: It's funny how it has a way of doing that. Um, did you always kind of, I don't know, did you have an inkling that you wanted to live on the road or is it just the circumstance of the world that you're like, ah, oh, idea.
0: I had an inkling that I wanted to live on the road. Um it was like at some, it was, it was mostly, I think at that point it had been for about like a year or two. It was like, at some point in my life, I would like to do this, but I don't think that I'm financially ready to do this. And I don't think that I'm professionally safe if I do this. So I'm going to not. Mm. And then the circumstance actually made it the most logical option. Um, And so, yeah, I went for it, but um, it, was, it was definitely an inkling for a while, but it wasn't something that I was like gearing up to do until basically a month prior. And it was the best decision I ever made.
1: It's quite funny because um, we were in a similar position of like thinking of how much we would need and to save. And our circumstances were that we got into the van very quickly. Um, but I, what I could have never anticipated, and I realized this is not the same for everyone, but that getting into this lifestyle and like lowering my cost of living like living in a van I spend basically nothing Uh, well I do spend a lot but like compared to what I was spending before and just all of a sudden things were more affordable and like over the year and a half that we've been in like in the van it's been crazy that like even though we've had big fixes that we've had to do to the van because we bought a very high mileage car. (laughs) because as I was telling you it was only meant to be six months so we bought like a 500k car and so it's just it's pre-loved it needs some extra love um but yeah because of the low cost of living we've been able to as we've been going like afford these fixes, fixes that if we were paying all this rent we wouldn't have been able to do so I think it's always very interesting when people say that
0: seriously though it's insane I think that um in in total with like it's basically just like car payments insurance like food gas and that's it and you can like you and that literally is it I think it um is I could get by on like about eight grand a year if I really really wanted to Mm. um and I feel like but that's not something that I understood before going on the road like but definitely before it I was like this must be so expensive and now it's like oh you only have to make like a couple hundred bucks every month to like live a very enjoyable life that's like filled with great stories um yeah it's cool
1: totally totally your climate communicator I would really love to hear what this job is Mm -hmm. exactly and I'm sure other people are curious so (laughs) could you run us through
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's not really, a, it's a very new job, right? Yeah. Like when I started the path to this position that I kind of just named, um, it's <laughs> it didn't exist. Like yeah. I, it wasn't a thing and there wasn't anyone to look up to that was like, there were people doing it, but they had different job titles where they were yeah. like talking about the climate in the realm of as a photographer or talking about the climate as a this. Whereas for me, I'm trying to encourage people to care about the outdoors and the climate and appreciate the goodness that it gives us um, regardless of whether or not we spend time in it. Mm-hmm. And then also take it a step further and encourage them to take action um, to actually have an impact on the, the climate that we depend on for our entire quality of life. And so it's, it's half that, that's the, that's the climate communicator role Um, like communicating to my audience, communicating to people, communicating to industry leaders and politicians and stuff. And like just explaining what's going on in a relatable way through whatever the most relevant means is, whether it's social media or a phone conversation or a panel or a podcast or whatever. Um, And that's that. And then the other half is like, working kind of behind the scenes um to it, like teach other people tricks of the trade and strategies that they can implement into their own messaging. Um mm. so I do that as a consultant also.
1: So you were saying before that um you were in this position to move onto the road and I would love to hear from you because this is how I came across you was on TikTok. Um, Good old TikTok, love TikTok, Um, and I saw, I I think it was for the the Arctic Mm, campaign mm -hmm. that you were kind of doing, and you just had this fascinating way of taking these seemingly unrelated TikToks, stitching them, and I don't know, I got this like Old Spice ad kind of vibe from this one in particular, (laughs) and it just made me laugh so much, so I obviously had to check out the rest of your stuff. Tell me that you're extremely wealthy without telling me
0: that you're extremely wealthy. Well, I don't like to brag, but since you asked. This is my office. That is my throne. This hammock is my living room. The forest is my home. The kitchen's set up over there, and that's my little light. Once the sun has had its fun, I sleep in here at night. My handcrafted wooden library has books to pass the time. And this is my surround sound. It's quality, sublime. It's not the biggest house on earth, but it gets me by just fine. If you've got health, then you've got wealth. I love this life of mine.
1: But just so funny. And um, first of all, I just would love to hear how you thought of this. Like, what, where did this come from? I loved it. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Um, I've been on Instagram for a hot sec when I uh, started Road Life. And so Facebook seems determined to make Instagram worse with every update that they put out. Um, and I was like, this platform doesn't seem that good, um, for action. Like, it's got a lot, people can see a bunch of stuff, um, and you can get the word out about a lot of stuff, but it doesn't seem phenomenal for action, um, and actually doing a thing, like making a change in the thing that we're all talking about. And so, a friend of mine, um, her name is Taylor Ray. She's crushing it. She's got a, uh, she does a lot of like darkware fashion work had just recently jumped onto TikTok um, and was telling me about how she'd been like growing a lot and like been like doing things with her audience a lot. Like she hosted a giveaway on Instagram um, and it got like 20,000 views when she mentioned it on TikTok and 2000 of them went over to Instagram to participate in the thing. Um so that's like a 10% conversion rate that's unheard of and I was like this would be really really good for activism. Um so I started doing stuff on there, um started understanding like how it works as a platform, what the culture is like. Taylor gave me some tips um and just posted every single day and was receptive to what people enjoyed and what they liked and um the Arctic Refuge work began to like uh, form and take off. And I partnered with Protect the Arctic and we worked together to um, support the Gwich'in in in the campaign that they'd been doing for so long um, to save the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and made videos to send people to write letters to to stop the oil drilling that was slated to happen there. Um, And I noticed what after like, we had like initial videos that were talking like sharing footage from the documentary um, explaining what was going on that did a really good job of establishing context. And then once it became understood what we were doing, and there were so many people on board, I think by the time I started making those videos, there were like several hundred thousand people that had sent in letters. Um, and so it was like, it just became a joke. Like it was, it was more effective to make it a punchline. and be like, if you haven't done this, like what's wrong with you? And so it was, it was really That's funny okay. to um, in, basically imply like, you're unattractive if you haven't like participated in this somehow and so and just like rip videos from people talking about dating that were prompting people to respond in a way that was like what's attractive to guys or like what's the reason you're not dating right now or
1: like oh my god i loved that one my favorite what is the real reason why you are not dating right now
0: I'm trying to emphasize the problem of food deserts and encourage all of us to fundraise money to stop food deserts from existing. Um, Yeah, so, or like, how do you prefer to, when you go to hug a girl, like, how do you, do you prefer around the neck or like around the waist and then like just completely ripping it out of context and being like, taking it somewhere. So, it was, it was funny. Those were really well received and so I was like, well, just keep going with that because they're hilarious to make. Like, I enjoyed it And so did the audience so it worked out
1: so good so you kind of touched on this but obviously like we know and we always get told and obviously this is part of the reason that these platforms exist is to drive consumer goods to get people to buy more stuff and we can kind of see that evolution happening more and more Mm -hmm. like you said with instagram it's just constantly changing in that direction i'm really curious like What is the, how, like, how does that translate to creating impact? Like, do you see that similar? Like, obviously you said like 700,000 people, something crazy.
0: It ended up being, that's a, that's a phenomenal question. And I think it's a really, really important question too, because so often like success is gauged by eyes that we've managed to get on a thing right like how many people saw this how many views did it get how many followers do i have and literally none of those things are long lasting like i know history will not remember that um and so it's like that doesn't have an impact on society unless you do something with it and like give it give the audience some somewhere to put the attention um that they're giving you um and giving the cause or giving whatever it is you're talking about and so um, the Arctic Refuge was amazing and Protect the Arctic, the group that I worked with for it is amazing because our only metric of success for that was, did we save the place? Hmm. Because if we didn't, it doesn't matter. Like it hmm. literally doesn't matter. I mean, it's noteworthy, but it doesn't matter. So even after we the public comment period closed, I think over those three weeks, the final count ended up being 6.3 million total public comments to save the refuge, which is the largest single comment period in federal history um, in America. And so that was insane, but we weren't celebrating yet because Hmm. it was still it was still up in the air. Like the decision had not been made. It was still possible for the drilling to go through. Um, So when Biden eventually did make the executive decision to stop the drilling and then the permits were denied a few weeks later that was when it was like okay sick we did a thing and now we can celebrate this um and the numbers are cool and the views are cool and it's awesome that that happened but the reason it's awesome is because it worked um and so now that has completely changed the way that i go about social media where it's it's no longer what will get the most views um that certainly has its place but it's more what will actually accomplish permanent change um that's genuinely good for the world because eventually people will forget about the views and they'll forget about the cause and if that thing disappears in like two years um then it's like when the world when the giant world of social media stops caring um what'll be the state of the thing that we were talking about and if it's not better permanently then um i i think the Uh, messaging should be improved
1: oh like my when you're talking about this my heart's like it's just like gets my blood pumping these topics like I just like so I get this feeling so when I'm when I'm watching the stuff that you're doing I like I don't I have a I have a torn um, relationship with social media like I love sharing I love having conversations I love connecting and so I go through these spurts where I'm like, yeah, and I I'm, I have a video background, uh, film video background. So I like, I love creating little clips and it's fun. Um, but when it gets so captured in these numbers and, and like how well it does and everyone gets so like focused on the, how well did this video do? And I find myself in that place. And then I just get really upset because I'm like, what the hell is the point? Like what, why, why does this little video of fun, like it was fun. It's literally why I did it. Why does it have to go well? Why is that successful? And so when you're saying this, like, to create something, like, to direct attention to somewhere, it's, like, makes me just, like, I don't know, just, like, stirs me up because I'm just, like, that. that's what we, I mean, don't have to force people to do anything, but, yeah. like, it just feels like these platforms are so powerful and when we use them the right way and when I hear you doing that, I'm just, like, why are not more of us doing this And so, yeah, I just like, first of all, I just want to say what you're doing is freaking incredible. So thank you. (laughs) So freaking cool.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you. I mean, there's, it's definitely always a team effort, you know, like there's the, the reason that that was such a big, big success is because there were people outside this like communication space that knew what they were doing. And there were people watching the videos that wanted to participate. And so like, I think it's very easy to feel the weight of the audience on you when you're only gauging things by views and you're not gauging things on like, was it fun? Like, did we learn something from it? Um, and if the overall goal is not views or subs and it's like, did we do a thing? Mm-hmm. Then you can take hits in the like view and sub category and understand that it's okay because it's giving you information that you can use to do like, um, a better job toward that larger ultimate goal later like with the uh the most recent campaign that i did um my discord community and i set up together um it was called the dollar gardens campaign Mm. and it was uh we wanted to fund a community garden um and it takes a thousand dollars on average to fund one and that gets you know the lumber the seeds the soil the tools um necessary to start one and from there it's volunteer so if you can get a thousand dollars then awesome you funded a garden um and there's an organization called seed money that's legendary it's like one guy his name is roger he lives in maine champion gem of human um and they give grants to people that want to start community gardens for their neighborhoods um and so it's dope cause we were psyched on it um but then we were like what's the reason that this will take off like why do why do we think it'll work and the goal was to make the um max possible donation amount a dollar so it was like you don't help more by happening to be rich you help more by getting more people involved um and it was awesome and it was a Mm. great thing we like i talked to several other like much larger creators about it that have been in this space for a long time and they're like that's a great concept like it'll totally work Um, and then we launched and then it didn't and it was because Mm. the payment platform um Did some of them didn't work through tiktok like apple pay google pay venmo the easiest ones required verification on the back end of the device that you couldn't get through the tiktok browser so the only Mm. way to give literally just a dollar was to go get your credit card type in the information Mm. it was like a huge thing and so that was a bummer right because it was like oh snap like this isn't it's not It won't become a huge thing now because it's not possible for so many people to get involved um and then we're like wait a minute what are we talking about like we still have a chance here to like start a garden for a community that wouldn't have one otherwise that needs Mm -hmm. access to healthy food um and a thousand people coming to do coming together to do that if you're a large creator a thousand people is not that many people but if you step away from the view count thing you think of a thousand people in a room that's like that's insane that's so many people like coming together to do a thing and especially it's relevant when they like all back one like a permanent change that the internet will forget about but that will continue on for that community for a very long time and so it was interesting and over the past like couple weeks had taken that learning point and been like okay that's not working um, like view like videos about this topic aren't really taking off. Um, what's the best way to actually message this and make it make it work? And so I was okay with the view and sub fails because they were helping understand what didn't work so that the actual ultimate goal could be completed. Um, and what ended up working the best was live streaming. Um, hmm. And so I would like yesterday <laughs> I slacklined on TikTok, for five hours (laughs) to like encourage people to talk about it um and literally threw up on a whiteboard um I always hold up a whiteboard in my live streams it like counts like the success of what's going on Mm -hmm. but put on a whiteboard like what was happening and I would update it every time I fell and people would watch to see if I fell and while they were there people in the comments would explain what's going on I would explain what was going on if I like had a second in between like slack sessions and stuff and Yeah, we ended up getting a 1,000 people involved through the live stream, which was sick. Um, But I would have been so defeated if the entire success of that was like, did we hit a million people? Mm. Um, Because that becomes the only success metric. But since it was like, can we as a community make positive change for another community happen permanently? Um, Mm. That was a success metric and that happened. And so even though it didn't go viral viral, the me and everyone else that participated has like this awesome sense of pride for participating in it. And also a community is gonna get a garden now that wouldn't have had one otherwise. So it definitely takes the anxiety away. It's a new kind of anxiety, right? Like it's not like it it becomes a stress-free process, Um, but it takes the like, I think worthless anxiety away Mm -hmm. Um, and and replaces it with a stress that like motivates you to solve meaningful problems instead of just like how do we get more views how do we hit as many people as we can
1: totally yeah (laughs) there's a lot of talking (laughs) and no it's perfect and I could imagine like because you have a pretty decent TikTok following it's like when you are getting those people there and you have something to say like it's meaningful to have that conversation with them and I, I mean, I can't really relate at all. I don't have a big following on anything. But <laughs> I remember I posted a, a reel, just again, was one of those fun things. I made it, swear to God, when I put mm-hmm. it up, nothing happened. A month later, it went ballistic and it hit like almost a million. And I got like 2,000 people coming. I, I just like, when they came, I yeah. was like, I don't have anything to say to you. Like, I travel, like, do you know what I mean? And I just like, that really forced a big reflection on me to be like what am i trying to say here like what am i sharing these videos for and so like when i came across your stuff and i saw like i mean obviously there's a lot of people who are doing stuff like this to create change and have a reason for why they're sharing but yeah for me it's really like made me check myself to be like why am i showing up here what's the point so yeah anyway that's my takeaway it's
0: inspiring (laughs) i think like I definitely think that there's immense, like, value to in entertaining, right? Like, like, bringing joy to people is a a very worthy cause. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I want, I think, I don't think that you're saying this, and I'm not saying it either, but to make sure the audience knows, like, we're not docking people that, like, just entertain, because that's a really worthwhile thing to do. Um, It's more docking, like, the whole clout chasing virality chasing thing and making sure that if that happens you're using it for a good reason and you're right like there there's a trauma almost that comes with virality it happened for me too the reason my accounts grew so much was not because of the arctic refuge work like that was mostly because other people took the message and ran with it and that was the whole strategy, and the whole goal was like, how do we outfit other people to talk about this? And that's the beautiful thing about the platforms is like, even though you and I have different follow sizes on on like TikTok, we have equal odds of a video taking off. Like the follow size doesn't really play that much into it. Um, and so it's cool because you, can still get a message out there and take a stand and do something like you make a reel on Instagram and it hits like a million views and it's overwhelming because there are so many people showing up. They're like, what are you going to do next? And it's tempting yeah. to be like, you need to just keep doing that to maintain this, like the leash that the audience now has on me has become mm-hmm. like something that I'm, I'm serving. Um, but if you take a step back and you're like, no, 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 that's not, <laughs> that's not something necessarily to be, Celebrated as an end goal it helps deal with that overwhelming amount of attention um, in a way that's very productive and lets you step away from it and be like that's a cool moment that was a cool moment Um, and not take it as anything more than that like that was a cool moment most of these people will forget who I am I'm glad that they made a cool thing how do I make sure that I can keep making stuff that like Once people do forget that video that they watched or that thing that I did, um, it'll actually have a lasting impact once we all move on. Interesting fact, I think the uh, average time, amount of time that the world cares about something, right? Like we're talking like in news articles and like things like that, like if it's a topic of conversation for the planet, the average amount of time is just kind of outdated um, that the world cares about something is like nine days so it's like (laughs) anticipating to be relevant for more than that amount of time on a large large scale it's like so unrealistic and so it's like if i'm trying to build hype for a reason like for a cause like or for myself or like whatever you're trying to build hype for like how do i use that small amount of time most effectively um because just getting that big is not going to last any longer than like a couple of months <laughs> max. And so, so it's like, it's a good reminder, um, you know? Oh, totally. And yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. Cause I definitely agree. It's not um, just like, Oh, you shouldn't create content unless you're having a really powerful message because you're right. Like people who create for joy mm-hmm. is, oh, they're so important. I guess maybe what I was getting at is like, I have a lot of creative friends and a theme I hear often is like just this dwelling on like why something didn't go well and like kind of getting caught in this cycle of like overanalyzing the the metrics as opposed to like creating and and I often hear it's like it gets to this place of like oh why am I even creating in the first place in that kind of like existential crisis of like what am I doing and so I think that's more the message that I wanted to say is like when you're creating it's I think especially in this space you know we all live on the road and there's this they seem to go hand in hand like creatives go live on the road and we're like oh we have all this time let's go make stuff I think it's just like this idea Mm -hmm. of like make something that you want to make and it doesn't have to be that. And if you are going to make something, it's like, I think what you're saying about going deeper and looking beyond the metrics and what are you converting the intention to and having that intention is so freaking important, not only for like a bigger picture, but also for like your own mental health, just to like stay grounded.
0: Yeah, could not agree more. That, that mm-hmm. was, You said that so well. <laughs> I think that... Um... <laughs> there's like success is different for everybody so i can't really say like what the best version of success is but for me it's um i want on a personal level i want to continually improve my ability to be a good addition to a team um so that means and specifically without assets so if you took away everything because i've me and my family have lost a lot, a number of times. Um, and going from like great spot to like zero financially is something that happens in life sometimes and has happened to many people and has happened to me. Um, and it changes your perspective on money and helps you realize that it can't buy security. Um, and so for me, it's like skills are important. like my ability to climb out of holes is far more important than my ability to like build a gigantic, incredibly breakable net. Um, and so I'm working on like, I wanna make sure that if, if for example, so I'm not intending for this to happen, but if hypothetically I lost the, like everything that I have, no matter where I am at, like in my life, am I still gonna be fine? Like, do I have the skills to like contribute to a team? Am I still wanted by other people? And like, do they want to hear what I have to say? Do they want me to like play a role in what they're doing regardless of where I am financially? If the answer to that is a stronger and stronger yes, Mm. I consider myself successful. Um, And my passions and everything like kind of lines up to be, you know, focused heavily on environmental causes and like working for the climate and stuff like that. but yeah, having that drive and like accepting, like, I'm going to cut out financial need from my own life as much as I can so that I can focus on that instead Mm. meant that for a long time, um, I was like, I guess, quote unquote, struggling financially. Like a lot of people would probably say that I was, but I didn't Mm. feel like I was because I didn't actually need to spend it. And that in itself is like a huge privilege, right? Like to only have that many needs um, or that, that few needs. Um, But that said, um, it meant that I could not focus on like earning money because I only had to spend like a few hundred dollars every month and could instead focus on these other skills. And so now it's like, oh my gosh, I have finally made it to a place where I'm relevant in the industry and relevant as a um, like professional creator. Um, And now like, consulting opportunities are coming in and like i'm getting more interested in like brand opportunities and like considering partnering with people um and so it's still like in complete and total financial independence where you don't have a care in the world i don't think is like really actually ever achievable and i'm definitely like from a bank account perspective no closer to that than i was a year ago (laughs) but the um the opportunities to like start stepping into that are growing and I know that I can take that step when I want to but it's only because I completely let go of that desire which is surprising counterintuitive and only my situation like I can't speak to anyone I would I don't think I would recommend that (laughs) you know um but it's it's how it worked out for me
1: I mean, we both would understand this and I'm sure anyone who lives on the road listening would resonate with this. It's like, oh, how do you afford this lifestyle? And its I I know for myself, when I first got into it, there was a lot of like, even though we had a bit of savings and we were just like living off the savings for a while, like there was this constant like low-grade anxiety from myself, not because I needed the money, but because I should Mm be, you know, contributing or I should be earning or I should be... Do you know what I mean? There was, there was some kind of societal expectation that I should be showing up in this way. And that if I wasn't doing that, I wasn't a valuable person. And I yeah. think, um, yeah, just what you're saying. It's like, just like success isn't necessarily earning money and putting it in your bank account. It's like, how else are you contributing? How else are you showing up? Are you um, excelling your skills so that you can contribute in a different way? Like, I don't know. There's just so many different ways to look at success. So I think it was really cool that you touched on that.
0: Yeah. I think another really big one um, would just like double up on the like impact measurement where it's Mm -hmm. like, is success the size of an audience? Is it the size of the view? Like, is it the view count per month? Like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Is it the experiences that you have? Like that's, that's so worthwhile. Like I, I don't know. Again, like I don't keep track of the negative stuff in my journal. So, I know that there were like many months over the last at pre- actually every single month pretty much was either like towing the line of like in the red, like I managed to like scrape out like just barely like every single month. Um and so like financially it was like stressful but not really because like I would look back through the journal every month and be like these experiences were incredible. Like this was worth more than anything I could hope to earn to be able to like Mm -hmm. share these moments with these people and have so much time to like spend with people that I genuinely love like that that is its own sort of invaluable um Mm -hmm. so yeah I think like personal asset like personal addition to a team experiences had and impact generated (laughs) I guess are like the three um the three metrics burnout is real mm-hmm. um, and I think that burnout is even heavier when you tie your creative worth to money Oof, um, yeah. and taking time to understand like what do I actually love to do mm-hmm. do I ever take time to do it because I love it um, do I take time to not do it because I've been doing it too much and like do mm-hmm. other things like those are both really good questions to ask if something starts to feel like a chore then I try to take a step away from it so that I can step back into it with like a really, really positive mindset.
1: I had a question (laughs) about the, um, so first I wanted to read you your own words. I love doing this when I find a quote that I love. Um, You shared it on one of your posts. It said, the next 30 years of our life, the better part of our lives, fellow 20-somethings will be hard. The recent climate report outlined that they'll be increasingly hotter, guaranteed. But if we start acting now, that will taper by the end of our lives and we'll stabilize somewhere livable. When I read that, (laughs) I got chills. I'm sure everyone who's listening is probably feeling that. And I think it can be easy to dismiss that as reality. But I mean, as you've just said earlier, and I'd love you to speak a bit more to it. Like this most recent report is just confirming that that we are now in some irreversible change. Um, and I mean, maybe for people who aren't that tapped in or listening to what this report has said, I'd love if you are able to just touch on a few of the major points.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, thanks for asking that question. Yeah, <laughs> this is a really, really good thing to talk about. Um, I think. Um, so one thing, I think there, there's a couple of ways to look at this report. Um, it's easy to look at it negatively, but I think that it's important to look at it um, with a motivated perspective um, and an, an optimistic perspective, because while it does say that the rest of eternity will be difficult if we don't do anything, it also says that it will be possible to have a livable life if we do do something. Mm. We gotta focus on that. (laughs) It Mm. says it'll be hard. It emphasizes the fact that it'll be difficult. The only way they're basically, they ran a bunch of like using over like thousands and thousands of scientific papers a a like panel of international scientists reviewed. When I say panel, I mean like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scientists. This was, this report was signed off by every single country on earth. (laughs) So this is like everyone agrees unanimously Climate change is affecting us. We are the reason it exists. Um, And if we don't do something, we're screwed. But we can do something, and there are people actively working to do things in all the scenarios that they showed. Um, They basically ran several tests. There was a scenario where we have incredibly low carbon emissions. Um, So uh, when I say carbon emissions, I mean... um, you know, exhaust from cars, like, fumes from uh, power processing, like burning coal, oil, things like that. Um, And it's not just carbon, it's also things like methane and nitrous oxide. Um, When scientists talk about carbon emissions, um, there are, like, amounts that, like, this amount of carbon equals, of carbon dioxide equals this amount of methane. Um, Methane is way worse than carbon dioxide. Like methane has like 80 times the warming potential of carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting into semantics. Um, The point is the very low emission scenario. So like bringing it down to zero across the board, like net zero emissions as fast as we can, like incredibly soon. Um, and keeping it there and then also taking carbon out of the atmosphere using many methods that we've already developed and have to scale up um, is the path out of like total permanent chaos. Um, All the other scenarios, it's like super, super high and it keeps going um, and it continues to get worse long term. But with this specific one, if we pull that off and we band together as a world and do that, by encouraging our local communities to make positive, like carbon uh, or climate conscious changes, by encouraging our nations to make climate conscious changes, by celebrating those decisions um, and being excited and motivated to make those decisions and make them permanently, um, we will basically see each year going forward on average, will get warmer. So the, the heat, the smoke, um, the fires, the storms that we've been seeing increased over the course of our own lives will get worse and that'll be hard and we have to accept that that'll be hard and that's something we have to deal with um, but if we continue to make those decisions going forward at the end of our lives when like you and I are like 80 years old <laughs> like 90 years old and there are new children coming into the world and a whole nother generation like when life is from an age perspective hardest for us it will start getting easier. Um, And then to start being like a society that we can live in that is sustainable, that is genuinely doable and enjoyable um, again, and does not have that foreboding, this will always get worse Mm
1: -hmm. sense in our
0: mind. Um, So that's the two, the TLDR of it is we will have a rough 30 years, but if we start acting now, then we will have a really good after that. Um, And it's something that we can, can do. It is completely achievable. It outlines it in the report. Um, it just requires a lot of cooperation. So I'm excited that we have the language to emphasize now that this is a decision that we have to make, um, because I think that that will lead to some very positive changes on an individual basis and a political one.
1: We kind of spoke about it a bit earlier. It's like everyone drums on about like, oh, how can I change my habits and things like that, which is, of course, important, but the bigger question, the better question is, how do we be kind of using our platforms, regardless of their size, um, to create impact, to create this change?
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I think that there's a, there's a big question going around, like you said, about like, how can I as an individual um, change my personal lifestyle to have the biggest impact? And there are answers to that, you know, like eating less meat is a really big one. Mm -hmm. Um, using public transportation as much as you possibly can but the truth of the matter is that like any one of our individual carbon footprints is astonishingly small in comparison to the footprints of a company that produces millions of products a year of a organization that charters thousands of flights a year of a (laughs) company that mows down forests like I don't know about you I have never cut down an entire forest personally um and like there yes the lifestyles that a single person can lead can have implications that are that large right like depending on what your consumption habits are they require um that amount of space like just to create those products and stuff so i think the biggest thing that we can do as individuals especially in this era where now suddenly any one person can immediately get a message out to millions of people um, just by making a video that happens to go viral and is something that people like watching. Um, doing, working to impact people in that way and encourage them to divest from companies that are bad. For the planet and bad for the carbon situation. Um, encouraging people to talk to their representatives so that they can make laws that affect the entire community. Um, that one, That one is huge because you and I can make as many decisions as we want, but if we live in a house, for example, and we have to get power from the local power plant and that power plant is not green, we don't have any say in that. The only person that has a say in that is the representation of the town. And so it's important to talk to those people and make those decisions, those really, really big decisions. Like someone that eats burgers like every day, um, but manages to get their entire state to switch to a green power grid um, has done a phenomenal, phenomenal job in terms Mm -hmm. of their net impact on the state of the climate. Um, So I think it's beneficial for all of us to stop attacking individual day-to-day regular lifestyle decisions and like not forgiving each other for that. Um, Because the things that really count and like are huge are like where the food is sourced from, like where the power is sourced from. And those things are decisions that we don't have say over. So learning about your local situation and learning how you can actually um, affect that local situation as a constituent developing those relationships with decision makers, whether it's like a policymaker in your town, a large business owner, a small business owner, um, whatever, your friend that like has a role in some larger organization, your mm. own company that you work for, like those things and pressuring those things are like in terms of like swath of impact much larger.
1: I just have follow-up. Um, I often think about, like, just the power in terms of just, like, if you were to, I mean, grand scheme of things, maybe not so much, but if you look at, like, how many people there are living these more nomadic lives, living in campers, vans, cars, who are working with brands because that is the state of the world. We work with brands. We represent those brands. The impact that we can have by saying no to a brand who yeah. is not – Doing their pop.
0: It really can. I think there's like there's this incredible thing. A friend of mine was talking about this the other day about how creators are holding more and more power in the just culture of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's becoming more and more a situation where it's like what we say goes. Um, (laughs) and you have to remember like if you're representing a brand, you're encouraging X number of people to do a thing, and Mm -hmm. that stacks up your goal for them is to get as many people as possible to do the thing usually. And so it's like, if you're representing a brand that does has unsustainable practices, you're encouraging like tens, hundreds, thousands of people, millions of people, depending on your platform to take the same action. And that stacks up. It's important to make sure that we're working with organizations and also having grace and understanding that we're in a situation where like the industry and society has advanced in a way where the way to make money is to be unsustainable. And we, it's hard to get out of that. And businesses do have to have, we do have to have some grace and understand that that's the situation. Mm-hmm. So it's also good. I like what your friends are doing, where they're like, I won't work with you right now, but I would love to see your practices improve. And when that happens, I will work with you. Mm-hmm. And there are some businesses, unfortunately, that I don't think can get there but I think, but just because of the nature of their business. um, But most businesses, the vast majority, do have the possibility of improving. um, And that's something to be encouraged. And in fact, for anyone listening to this that has a business or wants to work with a brand and they're like kind of sketch on it and they want to encourage them, the way to do that, there is a um, organization uh, called B-Lab. B-Corporations are places that have been Vetted by a third party that is like uh, awards the gold standard of environmental and social sustainability. Um, B Corps are companies that not only make a profit, but do real, real good for the world. Like they have a net positive impact on the world at large. Um, They have a whole set of regulations, they have a whole set of guidelines. It's all available online. Anyone can apply. And if you get rejected, um they will tell you why and how to improve
1: and also you said like um for anyone who doesn't know so because it's also socially they are paying people well so it's not just like oh it'll help the planet it also helps you get paid better they have to pay you a good wage to be meeting the standard so it's kind of a (laughs) win-win it Um, really is yeah well i mean all very serious topics i would love to kind of wrap up with kind of a bit more of a lighter note um for the last year you say that you've been journaling and reflecting i'd really love to hear like your biggest lessons maybe like your biggest takeaway from being on the road um in this like more alternative way of living
0: yeah wow um so actually the first entry ever in my journal uh, was the lesson that I learned the most. Um, before I started the road, I met with my friend Akshay in a park in the town we grew up in because um, I went back to, to that town to build it out with um, really, really, really close friends of mine that um, have like a carpentry workshop and stuff. Big shout out to John and Sandra. Um, but Akshay and I were talking and, we had this conversation about how like we were both very confused, right? Like it was for month four of COVID, everyone was re- in, like figuring out their entire life and like what it means to be human. So we stated in the moment um, that the path that one is on is worthy, no matter what it is, if you choose it and continue to choose it every single day. But the second that you start not like to not choose it every day, right? The second that you're driven by something else, the second that you're not intentionally stepping into each day, it starts to get very confusing and very wayward and very mm. just all like the, that's when the compass goes whack. And so over the course of this entire year, um, that truth is something that I've actually come to experientially understand. Like then it was like this concept, right, where it was like, wow, that's a really beautiful motivational quote. But <laughs> over the course of this year, Um, it's confirmed it where it's like the moments where I was the most wayward are the ones where I stopped choosing it Um, where I started to serve the algorithm or where I started to serve um, these moments of virality or where I started to serve these moments of like needing to make money Um, so instead choosing like this is why I'm doing this. This is what I'm going to put effort into this. This is why I'm like, what I want to do and what I'm going to continue to do, like continuing to make sure that your life is one that you're choosing every single day, is the best possible thing that you can do for yourself and your state of mind and and your journal entries.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been such a fantastic conversation. I have genuinely loved it so much. I would just love to finish up by ask, asking, like, how can people best support you, the work you're doing? Where can they find you? All that good stuff.
0: Oh my gosh! Thanks. Yeah, I've I've had a great time. It's been so fun. You're like such a charismatic individual. It's it's awesome. I'm stoked oh, that your listeners get you. to like have this time every time they throw on an episode. I think the um, best way to keep in touch with me um, on. TikTok my, and Instagram, my handle's the same. It's just alex.h-a-r-a-u-s, Alex Harris. Um, if you want to support the work that I'm doing, Patreon is hands down the most helpful. Um, I'm currently saving up for a base. We talked about this a little bit at the start of the podcast so that during the months where it's not, it's like smoky or cold, especially as the years going forward get more and more intense, um, I can take that time to post up and plan and then adventure when the weather is good and like develop content when the weather is good. So if you want to support that behind the scenes work and like be more in the loop with what I do behind the scenes, Patreon is the move for that. The link's in my Instagram bio. And then um, if you want to get personally involved in like the planning of this sort of thing and like more plugged into the community of people that um, do this, I have a discord. Um, and the link to that is also in my uh, Instagram bio, um, and the Discord is an awesome, awesome community of people around the world that just, like, care about, like, climate and conservation work and want to make a difference in that way, so that's a, those are the three moves, is, like, follow, um, donate if you're able, and then hop into the Discord if you're really, really passionate.
1: Alrighty, guys, that is the end of the episode as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would be so very grateful if you could leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Give Alex and I some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear more of. um, And yeah, I will see you guys next time.